turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. It's time once again for another look in a God's infallible book, and we want to welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. My name is Richard Jordan, and it's my privilege each week to be your host and Bible teacher here as we look into the Word of God together to see uh, what, what the Bible says and allow the Spirit of God to teach us out of His Word. We trust this time is, uh, is, a, is a blessing and help to you. We're not here to try to get you to join anything. We don't, we're not trying to get you to do anything. We're trying to get you to give us anything. We just want to share some things with you out of God's Word that excite us, that have transformed our lives, and that uh, can do the same for you. If you ever wanted to understand God's Word for yourself, listen, the Bible is meant to be understood. The psalmist says, The entrance of thy word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. It's meant to give you light, not confusion, understanding, not uh, uh, bewilderment. The adversary, Satan, he desires for you to be confused about God's Word. The very first time the adversary ever spoke as recorded in, in the record of God's Word, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, he came upon Eve and he says, Yea, hath God said... That's the reason that verse says the serpent is more subtle than any other beast of the field. He he didn't just come out and attack. He just says, are you sure that's what God said? And uh, and Eve wasn't real sure about it because she got she messed up. She says she didn't quote God accurately. She actually added to what he said, left some things out of what he said, didn't get it accurately. Well, you and I don't have that. Shouldn't have that excuse. That's what Satan wants you to do: be confused about exactly what God said and what the consequences of it are. Paul says in Second Timothy, chapter two: Consider what I say, and the Lord understand. Can I tell you that if you want to solve the the mysteries that baffle and confuse Christian people and the world about you, there is the mystery in the Bible. It's called The Preaching of Jesus Christ According to the Revelation of the Mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. In the Bible, a mystery is something that was previously hidden, secret, but now is revealed. And when Paul talks about the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, he's making a distinction between two great programs in the Bible— Acts 3.21, Peter talks about that which is spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Peter and his ministry to the nation Israel, whether it was our Lord's ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where he called out and trained the twelve apostles, or whether it's the early Acts period where Peter leads the twelve apostles in carrying on the ministry of Christ, trained them to carry on. He says, our ministry is that which is spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. Now, you can't miss that unless you don't want to see it. Go read Acts 3.21, and you'll see that's that's what he's talking. He knows exactly what he's talking about, where he stood in the program of God. What he's talking about has been preached about, talked about, made known from Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1, until Peter says that. Paul, on the other hand, says, I'm preaching something different. 
I'm preaching Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ, both programs. Everything God ever does is bound up, focused in his son. But he doesn't do the same thing all the time. Paul says, I'm preaching Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Those two, that's Romans 16, 25 and 26. Those two things can't be the same. Something made known, preached about, prophesied about cannot be the same as something that was kept secret, not preached about, not prophesied about. You, you understand that. A third grader understands that. <laughs> Words mean things. There are two fundamental different programs in the Bible. Both exalt the same person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Both talk, explain and delineate how God is going to bring about purposes through, through his Son. One has to do with the nation Israel. One has to do with the church, the body of Christ. One has to do with God's program and plan on the earth. One has to do with his pro, pro, um, plan and program in the heavens to bring all things together in heaven and earth under the headship of his Son. Now, it's important to understand where we are. And Paul says that if you consider what I'm saying, the Lord will give you understanding. Now, my point to you is that you're meant to be able to understand God's Word, and the key to understanding it is understanding what Paul is talking about. Ephesians chapter 3, Paul said, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word. Paul said, It's given me to send to you. How that by revelation he, the Lord Jesus Christ, made known unto me the mystery. Now the mystery, what is it? Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Notice a mystery is something that was previously not made known. It was previously kept secret. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, that... Um, we, that, that the message that uh, we proclaim today, the message that, that he was preaching, had to do with this, this planned purpose of God. First uh, Corinthians 2, verse 7, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world in our glory. Notice how he defines Mystery in the Bible is not superstition. Had a lady call me here uh, years ago, and and she said, Brother Jordan, I want one of them dispensations you keep talking about. And I said, well, I'm not sure what you mean. And what she meant was when it talks about I've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, and we live in the dispensation of grace, she heard that word dispensation in the Bible, and she thought of it in her religious denominational upbringing, where it was a license to go out and do what she wanted to do. It's not what it means in the Bible. Religion takes Bible words and puts bad meanings to them. Someone says, well, when I go down to my church and they have uh, the, the religious ceremony that they take place and they ring a bell and say a prayer and wine turns into blood. Now, you can chemically analyze the wine and you know it isn't blood. And you ask somebody about that, say, well, that's the mystery of the faith. No, no that, that's, not, that's not the mystery of the faith. Man, tell me one time, I said, well, it's, it's like Moses' part in the Red Sea. You know, it, it's, it's a mystery. Well, Moses' part in the Red Sea was real. Wine turning into blood isn't real. Drink enough of that wine, you, you know what will happen to you. Go chemically analyze it. It's not blood. That's, that's more in the category of superstition than it is the mystery of the faith. So you see, the mystery in the Bible is not some superstition thing that you look at. It looks one way, but then you say it's another way. 
guy says, well, I, I got an airplane one time with a fella, and he had an abscessed tooth. And it was jaw bulging out. And before we got on the airplane, he was just in misery and woe in the uh, terminal. And we were talking, and I suggested to him that he might, you know, might want to seek some medical attention. And we've been talking about the Lord, and he was saved God, and I'm saved God. We just kind of talked back and forth. He says, no, no, I've claimed my healing, and I'm healed. And I said, well, you know, your jaw, don't, you, you don't look like you're healed. Your jaw's all bulging out. He said, no, no, I've claimed my healing. We got on the airplane. We got up about 28,000, 30,000 feet, and the compression in the, in the uh, uh, airplane changed a good bit. And he actually passed out, and they had to divert the airplane to land quickly because uh, of the medical emergency. Now, I'll tell you something. You can say you're healed all, all day long, you, all, all the time you want to. If you've got an abscessed tooth, you can claim anything you want to claim, but the fact is you've got an abscessed tooth. And it's really borders on superstition to look at reality and say it isn't true. That, by the way, is why a lot of folks look at Christians and people of faith and they think you're nuts because it's just a blind leap into the dark. Doctor told me that recently. He says, well, you're a man of faith. You're used to taking things on faith, just kind of a leap in the dark. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> when you believe the Bible, you don't believe anything like a blind leap in the dark. The Bible, your faith in Jesus Christ, your faith in God's Word, is based on the historic certainty of demonstrable evidence in history. There's no blind leap in the dark about it. And a mystery in the Bible is not about a blind leap in the dark. It's about a secret that God kept but now is revealed. Now, I want you to notice what Paul says in Ephesians 3 about that. He says, How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Notice if you read, and that's a problem because most people don't read the Bible. It's a strange thing, but most people think studying the Bible is to, read a, is to read a book about the Bible instead of the Bible itself. Now, understand why people do that. Because when they read the Bible, they can't understand it. It's, it's too big. It's too confusing. They don't, they don't understand how to read it. So they read a book about the Bible, try to teach them about the Bible. But think about that. If you wanted to study algebra, you wouldn't read a book about algebra. You'd read an algebra book. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's weird to see people study claiming to be studying the Bible, reading books about, I'm reading, I'm reading this book about the Bible, commentary on the Bible. What am I doing? I'm studying the Bible. No, you're studying the commentary. Paul said, when you read what I wrote about this, in other words, the first thing you got to do is read your Bible. And if you read the Bible, he says, you will understand. You see, it's the knowledge of the mystery of Christ that gives you understanding. There are tremendous things in our day in, that confuse people. For example, you take Romans chapter 3, I think probably one of the most dangerous confusions revolves around salvation. You ever hear anybody say it's just simple as can be to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What, 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 what must I do to be saved? The Philippian jailer asked Paul. The answer was swift and coming and positive in content. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So there's something you've got to do to be saved. What? You've got to believe. Romans chapter 3, verse number 4. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 4, verse number 3. Got that backwards, Romans 4, 3. For what saith the Scripture? Now, that's always the question. What does the Bible say? Abraham believed God, and it, his faith, was counted unto him for righteousness. Uh, Genesis 15. 
Now, Paul's conclusion, to him that works is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Notice faith is the only thing you can do without working, because to him that works not, but believes, his faith is counted unto him for righteousness. You can't miss that. Faith isn't a work. Faith is a non-meritorious sense of perception whereby you trust the word of someone. So Paul says, you know how to be justified? It's not to him that worketh, but it's him that believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. And how do we know? Well, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So Paul uses the great illustration of Abraham to say that all you have to do to be justified before God is believe. Look at Abraham. Jesus told Nicodemus, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm sorry, Philippian jailer. Paul told the Philippian jailer. Jesus told Jesus, God slow the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Faith in Christ is the issue. He said, he said to the disciples in John 6, he says, he that believeth in me hath everlasting life. I mean, you can't miss those kind of things. Paul says, by grace you are saved through faith, that not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Salvation is simply just believe in him. But the problem with that is, and, and that's all true, that's exactly what you do to be saved today. But then somebody comes along and says, yeah, but wait a minute, preacher, it isn't all that simple, because James chapter 2 says in verse 21, was not Abraham our father justified by works? Uh-oh, wait a minute. I thought Romans 4 said he was justified by faith. James 2, verse 24, you see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now, isn't that a kick in the seat of the pants? One passage, Romans 4, says you're justified by faith and not by works. Otherwise, grace isn't grace. James 2, he says, you're, not ju you're justified by works and not by faith only. I mean, one verse says you're justified by faith only, and one verse says you're not justified by faith only. Now, before you throw your hands up and say, I knew it, I knew there was confusion, I know I could never understand it, before you throw your hands up and quote one, one of the verses and claim it and say, I knew my church is right, <laughs> you need to look at that. When James says, you're, you're, you're saved by works, a man is saved not by faith only. Jesus, Mark 16, when he gave the commission to his apostles, he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. So Jesus, what do you have to do to be damned? Don't believe. What do you have to do to be saved? You have to believe and be baptized. Now, friend, I don't care how you take it, what you make it, how you roll it up and smoke it over. Being baptized is a work. It is a work of righteousness, but it is a work nonetheless. Paul in Titus 3, 5 says, not by works of righteousness are we saved. <laughs> Wait a minute. Then what's Jesus telling them in Mark sixteen sixteen? You got to be, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, I know people don't like that, but that's what he said. Ask yourself, what must I do to be saved? And read Acts 16, 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shall be saved. What must I do to be saved? 
Read Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. What do I got to do to be saved? You got to believe and be baptized. You know what that is? That's a work, folks. That's why Peter, on the day of Pentecost, just 40 uh, days later, says in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, when the leaders of Israel came to him, convicted about crucifying their Messiah, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now look at that. He says you've got to repent. You've got to change your mind about who you crucified and believe he's the Messiah and be baptized. Why? Number one, for the remission of sins. Now, I know some preachers as well, that means because, see, they, they already had them. They did, they, that's none of the kind. Preachers like to pull out the Greek when they don't know how to handle a verse in the English. And they say, well, that, the Greek preposition ice there, and ice with accusative means to move towards. Look, like I didn't know that already. <laughs> Like the translators didn't know that already. You want to know what he says when he says for the remission of sins? Write down by Acts 2.38, write down Acts 3.19. And get your King James Bible and read it. Acts 3.19, repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know when Israel was expecting to have her sins blotted out? Go back and read the New Covenant, Jeremiah 31. Go back, go over and read Paul's instructions in Romans chapter 11, verse 26 and 27. They're expecting their sins to be blotted out in the great day of atonement, which is, takes place at the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to redeem his nation. Peter said, repent. Believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Change your mind. You thought he was, he was, he was a, an imposter, a wicked man. Change your mind. Trust him as your Messiah. Be water baptized so that you can have your sins blotted out when he comes back and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, I don't know how you take that, but take it any way you want to. That's working, dude. That's working. That's why in Acts chapter 10, when Pete goes over to Cornelius' house and Peter is preaching to him, preaching to Cornelius and the Gentiles there, and it says to him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive forgiveness of sins. And bingo, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And it startled Peter. He said, wait a minute. The order is repent, be baptized, get the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, get your sins forgiven, get the Holy Spirit. And now they haven't repented. They had not been baptized. But they got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> The order, and Peter's confused. You know why? Because the order changed. Now, why did the order change? Because God had changed the program. Cornelius shows up in Acts 10 in your Bible. Guess what happened in Acts 9? Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle, and the Lord Jesus Christ revealed to him a new program, and something new began. And so the, there's a change between what Peter was preaching and what James was preaching and what John was preaching and what the 12 apostles was preaching. You see, James chapter 2, if you want to understand why James talks like he does about, uh, about justification not being by faith only, James fits into God's dispensational plan exactly where it's found in the canon of Scripture after Paul's epistles after the dispensation committed to the Apostle Paul, where the forming of the nation Israel once again is the issue in the ages to come. The very first verse in the book of James will help you. 
Paul said, I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I'm the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Paul's preaching to Gentiles. This is what James says. James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, my brethren. You know who James is writing to? He's writing to God's favored nation, the nation Israel. He's writing to the nation Israel about Israel's program. He's not writing to a bunch of Gentiles in the dispensation of grace about the forming of the church, the body of Christ. Not on your life. That's why in Romans chapter number 3, the Apostle Paul says, But now, and that's where we are now, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. You see, God isn't using Israel's law-based program to manifest his righteousness today. What's he doing? He's manifesting his righteousness without the law. Romans chapter 1, talking about the gospel of Christ committed to Paul, says in verse 17, For therein, in the gospel of Christ, that Christ died for our sins, was buried, raised again for our justification, therein is the righteousness of God revealed. God is revealing his righteousness today through the gospel of the grace of God committed to us through the apostle Paul. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. You know, you can't find in your Bible people saying there's no difference until you come to Paul. Because there was a difference. Why, in Israel's program, if you weren't circumcised, you were cut off. Paul is the one who says, circumcision now avails nothing. And uncircumcision avails nothing. You see, being religious or non-religious, being in Israel's covenants or not being in Israel's covenants, is not an issue today. Why? There's no difference. We're all sin. Come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus. That's for the issue. God today is declaring His righteousness that He might be just and justifier of Him which believeth in Jesus. You see, if you want to know the difference between the faith program and the works program, and this is the most damning confusion you could ever get in, to know whether you need to work in order to make God happy with you, that you need to do some works of righteousness, some, you need to repent of some sin and turn away from some sin, and then you need to go do some things that God demands so that he'll be pleased with you. If you want to get that confusion straight in your mind, because how many and what sins do you have to, have to get rid of? You know, we don't smoke, we don't chew, we don't hang around the folks that do. Well, that's great. But did you ever read Proverbs uh, chapter 6 when God said there's seven things I hate, smoking, chewing, and drinking aren't, aren't, in, aren't in the list? Pride is. Oh, yeah, how you doing with that one? Not very good. And then what am I to do? I'd be baptized, keep the commandments, hold out to the end, do the things of church. What do you have to do? Just confusion. Paul said there's nothing you can do. You just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He did it all for you. The work's finished. The work's done. But, friend, that isn't the message in all the Bible. That's the special message that God gives us today. Understanding the, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery can solve the confusion even about how to get eternal life. Can I offer you a free Bible study? Time's almost gone. I look up at the clock. Entitled, Mysteries Solved by 
the mystery. And I'd like to send you this so that you can see and hear clearly the issue about how salvation today is by grace through faith plus nothing. And it is indeed as simple as it can be when you rightly divide God's Word. The answer, again, is a dispensational answer. You call me here at our phone number is 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And your request to the Bible study, the mystery is solved by the mystery. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. That's 888-535-2300. You can also write us if you'd rather use snail mail. You can write us here at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. You write us, and we'll be glad to send the the, uh, the free Bible study to you. You can also find us on the, uh, the World Wide Web. Uh, we're trying our best to be easy to find, folks. We're not trying to hide. Graceimpact.org. Graceimpact, one word, graceimpact.org. You go to our website, you can find uh, the information about how to order the, the free Bible study. Also, you can listen to this, this radio program again. If you miss a week, you don't hear the program one week, you can go back and you hear a program you want to listen to again. They're all archived on our on our website, along with uh, a host of other Bible uh, study information, uh, the, the weekly services from our, our, our ministry here in, uh, in, in Illinois, the, uh, the, the, the church that I pastor here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, the Bible studies, all of that's archived on our website, along with our, our television program. We have a, a, a national uh, television program that airs each week on, um, on the satellite networks, uh, either e- both Dish Network and DirecTV. And uh, you, you can find those programs, the scheduling information, uh, when you can see us, where you can see it, and also how you can watch that program by way of the Internet also. So um, we're trying to be easy to find, trying to be locatable. We're not trying to get you to give us anything. I said that to you before. We're not trying to get you to do anything. We're not trying to promote a religion, a denomination. We're just trying to exalt a person, the Lord Jesus Christ, out of a book called the Bible. Because we know the power of God's Word. We, we've literally seen God's Word transform our lives. And that wonderful message of His grace grip our hearts. And for the Christ life, His life living in us and out through us as we trust Him, becoming the issue. We want to take God's Word to the world and bring God's grace into your life. And we know that happens through the study and the belief of His Word. It's the Word of God that works effectually in you that believe. So if we can build some help to you and you like this Bible study information or any other things, you uh, go to the website, graceimpact.org, graceimpact.org, or call us here, 888-535-2300, and uh, we'll be glad to get that information to you. Can I tell you also that there are people in your area where you hear this radio program that love God's Word, rightly divided, that preach and proclaim the wonderful message of His wonderful, abounding grace, when God said it's the God's inexhaustible grace to an exhausted world. And there's a group right in your area. They actually sponsor the airtime, pay for the airtime for me to be on this station for you to listen today. They'd love to be in touch with you. Listen, if you don't have a church to attend today where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, the message of grace is the issue, then you're robbing yourself and your family, if you have one, 
you need to be a part of a, of, of a local assembly like that if there's one in your area, and there is. You call us here, and we'll put you in touch with them. 888-535-2300 is your number to call. Thanks for being with us today. It's always a joy to meet by way of this radio. Until we meet again the same time next week, Maranatha. As he hung upon the cross that day, it is finished, he did cry for the work that he had come to do. My Savior had to die. I stand redeemed before my Lord through the blood he shed for me.